me and Jason. Jason belongs in hell, and I'm gonna see he gets there. Jason's alive. We dug up his body. You gotta do something. No one in Forest Green wants to be reminded of what that maniac did here. That's why we changed the name. People want to forget this was Crystal Lake. Just because our parents keep telling us that Jason was only a legend doesn't mean it wasn't true. What if he did come back here? Looking for the camp counselor that caused him to drown his wife. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. I like to refer to myself as the featured artist. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that wouldn't die, featuring Aaron and That's Kanye. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. It's like on Saturday Night Live how they used to have starring, and then at the end they'd be like and featuring, and then there'd just be some black and white headshot of like Rob Schneider or somebody. When you're exactly. not in the full cast, you're on the the prep squad or whatever. Is that what you're saying? And suggesting? they don't want to pay you anymore, so now you're just you drop in whenever they need someone. <laughs> it's a sad situation, but I appreciate the featured artist Erin joining <laughs> us today with her interpretive dance stylings. Uh, this week we'll be discussing the horror classic Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. He back. Good times. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, we're oh doing this, God. as you might yes. guess, because it's Friday the 13th this Friday. And so from, does that mean you're going to release it Friday and not our usual Sunday? No, that's not what it means at all. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So when you're done celebrating Friday the 13th, I'm not sure how that works, uh, you can... Uh, tune in to our podcast on well, the glorious. You celebrate it by going to some camp on the East Coast and, and butchering teenagers. Well, of hopefully. course. How else would you celebrate it? More of a guideline than a rule, I would say. Good times. Um, so now, you had never seen this before, as per usual. Is that correct? That is correct. Usually I drop off after number two. And in this case, I think I dropped off after number one. That is sad, but true. Now give us your 30-second synopsis of Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. First of all, I don't need 30 seconds. It is 100% every Jason movie, only with less effort. Oh. Stab, 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 scream, 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 teenagers, camp, lake, boom. Jason is dead. No, he's not. The end. <laughs> no. Well, what's interesting, <laughs> and we've done a number of these movies up till now, but this is actually the first one where there are actually kids in the camp. Kids in the camp this time, Kevin, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, in Halloween. Halloween. I mean, it's... if they're in high school, aren't they also kids? Uh, well, who's to say if they are in high school? They may be 45 years old, the counselors. I, I don't know. Now, all these things just seem like one step away from Lord of the Flies. Why the high school kids are now in charge of like eight-year-old kids. That's how they do seem, it. It doesn't seem quite right. It is very Lords of the Fly here. Um, I mean, Lords of the Fly? Is there more than one? It's multiple Lords, but only one fly, evidently. Um, in, the, in the first movie and the second movie, 
it's like it's just the counselors getting the camp ready for the kids eventually to arrive, but they never actually arrive. And what kind of a camp literally only has five people working at it and only 10 kids in the actual camp? Is this some kind of church camp? Uh, I mean, what kind of, I mean, I don't know about you, but I went to camp. Yes, I, I go went to camp. to camp. There was tens of thousands of children of various ages and high schooler and college kids in charge. And then they had actual adults. Adults. Who, Adults who like ran the camp, ran the counselors and like people who cooked the food, things like that. First aid people, not just a a bunch of girls in booty shorts getting high and having sex with their boyfriends while the children all perish. If only, if only. (laughs) No, I, I did the math. There were about six counselors and about 15 to 20 kids at the camp so it's a very small camp a lot of one-on-one attention at the camp so you have that to look and i couldn't to. even figure out the weather so they had fireplaces going the whole time yet every door and window open right that's how they do well it's interesting there were fireplaces we talked about there's like mice running in like a little was that, were they mice or were they like hamsters or something? They kept zooming in on like one oh of those yeah, those were wheels. hamsters. Who brings their freaking hamsters to camp? And then why do they keep showing them? There was no reference to the hamsters at all, except from time to time they'd zoom in on the hamster cage for five seconds. And we it's don't know. Only this is a girls' camp. There's only girls at this camp. Well, no, there's the girls' camp or cabin, I guess. And then there's the boys' cabin because there was the two wisecracking teenage boys where it's like, man, we're dead meat. What did you no. want to be when you grew up? Where, where was the cabin full of boys? That's what I'm saying. They were right oh, next little... to each other. I don't know what? the geography. There were two what? cabins. Yes. I mean, you, I you saw that they asleep. were. I did fall asleep twice in the last 20 minutes. Uh, I saw male counselors, but I don't remember like a room full of boys. They like, there they were the room full of girls. Well, eventually, um, oh, what's her name? I don't remember. The the, the primary matter. girl Megan goes and grabs the boys and brings them in with to the girls' cabin as well. Oh yeah, I must have fallen asleep at that. Sweet point. Jesus! Um, <laughs> I don't now, think it matters to the story. It matters very much now. <laughs> When had you first heard of this movie? Let's get back to I've never to that. heard of this movie. Jason Lives, I guess I'm probably in the ether. It, it, there, I'd be like, what? There's a sixth one? Jason right. Lives? He lives at the end of every freaking one. What do you mean, Jason Lives? At the end of the final chapter, part four, he gets hit in the head with a machete and then dies. Well, then and what then in happens the, in five? In five? If he's not... If he's it's not like you dead, have amnesia. <laughs> you, it's like you have amnesia. Remember, five is the imposter. It's Roy, the ambulance driver. I like, I like, oh my God, we did see that, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was fake. And then, then this one is so ridiculous. Why would uh, Tommy Jarvis and Horshack want to mm-hmm. dig him up? What was the point of that? Okay, they kind of speak about it briefly. Tommy Jarvis, we met him originally in part four. He was played by Corey Feldman. He's the little boy, right? I wish Corey Feldman was in this. He would have been a star. 
Bring him back. So then in part five, an adult Tommy Jarvis, played by a relatively unknown actor, uh, goes to a work camp in the forest with a bunch of other kind of mentally ill people. Uh, Because he's basically borderline catatonic due to the uh, Oh, that's right. That's five. That's right. That's That's right. They just... It's it's like children in lieu of prison were sent to this camp with no supervision. That is correct. Another Lord of the Fly situation, but except there was like one adult who who looked like uh, the the porn star from yeah. the seventies. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, standard. So during the course of five, you're kind of supposed to think that maybe Tommy is the murderer because he's so nuts. Essentially, he's just screaming and stuff. He either stares into space or screams all the time. He's ridiculous. Um, and then it's revealed, like I said, it's Roy the ambulance driver because his son Joey was killed at the beginning by Vic, the axe wielding maniac who also was at the uh, the farm. There's a lot of maniacs in part he five. He was like forty. He was like forty at like the youth offender uh, <laughs> exactly. camp. So he, oh, sweet Jesus. But at the end, it, it, it's clear that they're now kind of setting up Tommy to be the new killer moving forward. Because there's kind of a stinger at the end where Tommy puts on the mask and pulls a knife out of a drawer kind of thing. But part five didn't do that well. So they're like, well, we can't do that. So that we're like, we got to bring back Jason. I don't care how we do it. We're bringing back Jason. So now. Clearly, clearly they don't care how they do it. They do not. So they bring back Tommy Jarvis the third time, played by a different actor. This one's Tom Matthews. And now that he and Horshack, I guess, are on a weekend pass from the psycho ward. And in some so kind of cathartic. They're still in the psycho ward. Yes. Because clearly, what's wrong well, with the state? He, he said, Horshack, let me repeat that. Horshack from Welcome Back Cotter is in this. He None basically of our listeners know either one of those terms. Nobody from under the age of 50 knows Welcome Back Cotter. Anyway, he basically says something along the lines of if they find out what we're doing, they will send us back. As they says. should. As because they should. It's a crime to uh, destroy graves and dig people up. Little known yeah. fact. Yeah. You're not allowed to desecrate corpses. Little known fact. So they're going there, I guess, because... And Horshag even says, this won't end the hallucinations, Tommy. So okay. Tommy's hallucinating. So Tommy's still dealing with some things. Although you wouldn't know that based upon his performance. He seems totally lucid and fine, except for the fact that he's exhuming a grave uh, in the old abandoned graveyard. Uh, so his plan I, is to dig up Jason to verify that what? Jason's dead. And well, then the fact that no one's getting killed seems to verify that Jason is dead. It would seem like it. But I guess he has a big thing of gasoline, so he's going to burn up Jason's body and send him to hell was his plan. Like in a cathartic thing, he'll now get that release and his fractured brain will be healed, I guess is the plan. Uh, and Horshack goes oh, along God. with it. I guess they were cellmates. I don't know what, what their relationship is. Lovers. Who's to say? <laughs> uh, and he he is very reluctant to help. He's there doing his Horshack stuff. Basically, I, I I got a bad feeling about this kind of stuff. Well, yeah. How about how about I had a bad feeling before I got into the car? No question. How about you you go ahead and start digging because that's a lot of work. Get in no there, question. bro. Get in so, there, bro. 
And I have to say, is it common to have old abandoned graveyards? I mean, I'm from Southern California. Are there that many old abandoned graveyards? Maybe there are. I don't know. Old Civil War cemeteries. Do we even know where this, what state this is supposed to take place in? I mean, I guess they filmed it in Georgia, where you have to run your fireplace and keep all your windows open during the summer. But uh, (laughs) maybe it's different there. Maybe things are different there. Well, we know it's Georgia, so things are clearly different there. Well, okay. In in the first m- movie or two, they were filmed back east, like in New Jersey. Right. So it's kind of suggestive that it's a like a East Coast kind of thing. Right. But starting with like the third one, they started filming in LA. And I actually wrote this down. There's really no continuity at all as to what the lake looks like, as to what the camp looks like. What's it's, the name of the uh, lake? What's the name of the camp? Because it changes. Oh, it's, uh, this used to be called Camp Crystal Lake. Right. And it, was, it, and it <laughs> used to be in a different state. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because it's Up to this point, it's Crystal Lake is the name of the lake and I guess the name of the town, I guess. But because of all the horrors that everyone seems to get murdered every couple of years, for this movie... And this movie alone, they changed the name of the town to Forest Forest Glen. Forest, Forest, Forest Glen. That's exactly right. Um, hey, Camp uh, Crystal Lake is that where they get the water for Crystal Geyser? It has just a little bit of Jason DNA in it. Just a, a splash, just a hint. A sousal. That's what I'm saying. So he digs up Jason with Horshack and sees literally the mummified corpse. Like no, that you thing, wish it was mummified. It was way too juicy, if you ask me. There's too it wasn't of- juicy originally. It was covered in worms, yes. That's but it was I, literally like an old skeletal juice. thing. Worms do equal juice. It was covered with cobwebs. <laughs> they literally took handfuls of night crawlers and just threw them at this thing. Oh, some gummy and, worms. Hold still, dude. So he sees Jason's corpse and in a rage. He's got, again, he's got a shovel in his, hand, in his hand. He's got a pickaxe in his hand. I don't know. They're mining. He throws that stuff aside and pulls like an iron rod off yeah, the nearby fence. now he's a Hulk. In his right. illusions, he's Hulk. And then starts stabbing Jason's body with the sharp end of this metal rod. And, of course, lightning strikes. And now Jason's back. And they, they pulled a full Frankenstein and uh, speaking of Frankenstein, the soundtrack was bullshit. Thank you, Alice Cooper. Oh, how dare you? It was ridiculous. The lightning struck and what? And the, he's now, out now of control. Old, old Mr. Blubbery Rotten has come to life and all his clothes repaired itself. And he, he brushed the worms off and put a new face on. Boom. Well, and this is interesting. So this is the first movie where it's like now we're dealing with Frank and Jason. We're dealing with zombie Jason. Every other time he was still, I guess, alive. Now he's a zombie, essentially. Because he was in the other movies. I don't think he ever got shot. This time he's getting shot and the bullets are going through him. You see the bullets like exit. It is like his, I don't know, his car repairman outfit. There's literally yes. spots jumpsuit. Where, where he's been shot a thousand times. No, are you telling me in, in five movies he's never been shot? I thought he was shot That's like every time. Never. Because usually it's like unbeknownst to the poor camp counselors and then somebody comes up behind them with like a, a scythe or something. 
And that's all that all she wrote. He usually just uses garden implements and the other people are usually, you know, unarmed. So Well, there you I have guess it. there's not a lot of guns at the camp. <laughs> we are by the way, we are full into the what I call the what the F part of the show, the highlights. That's pretty um, much that's pretty much the whole thing. This is true. Um this is also the first movie where they introduced the idea of Jason walks and somehow still gets ahead of you. This happened. They basically, there's there's a couple scenes that were added because there weren't enough kills. There's the scene where the old crazy uh, graveyard caretaker is out in the woods by himself drinking. He gets killed by Jason. And then there's like a weird amorous couple that are just in the woods for no reason. We've never seen them before. They're like, I guess he's there to propose to her or something. Um, Jason appears, chases them. Again, walks, walks, walks. And then they get on the motorcycle. And she's like, what are we going to do? He's like, I got to get into town to warn the sheriff. And then Jason, bow, right in front of them. Okay, first him. of all, Jason has been supernatural since uh, the second movie. 100% supernatural. That's why I can't figure out how he's he keeps dying. And then he's he, back. I don't well, see okay. how he's different in this one than any other one. Cause they're always doing something to him and you think he's dead. And then you turn your head and like, whoops, he's gone. Whoops. This is the, whoop. There it is. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is true. I mean, in other movies, he got hit in the head with an ax in the third one uh, and got hung from a rope and snapped right out of it. So who's yeah, how do you snap right? That would have been perfect. Just leave him there. He's immortal. He can just sit there. It won't bother him. <laughs> well, and the <laughs> other should, thing about this. There you have it. There's also a bizarre uh, paintball scene that pops up in the middle of the movie where it's like a corporate retreat or something. I was getting like deliverance all... vibes or something there. Well, and it's it's like they're playing paintball as kind of a team building activity, but there's only five members of the team. Yeah. Evidently, so the they're just hunting each other or something. What is that? Right, the, and of course, worst, Jason. The worst paintball game ever. Right, horrible. Uh, Jason pops up, promptly murders all of them. But luckily, there was some kind of crazy survivalist who's also a member of the, the paintball team who have like a utility belt uh, and a huge shining, gleaming machete. So thankfully. Jason has all the stuff that he needs. Yeah, for the rest you of the need movie. a machete when you're in like Georgia or something. Did they have a lot of machetes in Walking Dead? It's it's standard operating procedure in Georgia to, to get through you. the jungle around the camp. This is true. Oh, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Um, let's see. Did you notice in the opening credits there was a bit of an homage to James Bond? No. I did not. At the okay. At the <laughs> shockingly enough, this movie is kind of a, a pastiche, if you will. It's kind of making fun of Jason movies. It's kind of making fun of uh, the the rules up to this point. But uh, the James Bond homage is at the beginning of James Bond movies. You would have James Bond kind of walk across the stage, no, and no, then no, there's no, like no, the camera. No. And he kind of turn into the camera and then shoot the camera kind of thing at the beginning so, of every so James Bond did I, movie. Did I bump my head? So we had Jason walking across and then crouch with a machete and do that kind of, sp and then 
For your yes. eyes only. Oh, he, there was no love theme. <laughs> the love theme from Jason, as <laughs> as sung by Alice Cooper. But he did very. If you go back and watch the beginning, he does kind of walk across and then turn in and throw the machete at the camera. So there you go. Good times. Yeah, we could go back and watch more it. of that homage. To me, this seemed very low energy. Even the people being hunted didn't look like they really cared that much. <laughs> am I right? It's or hard am I to wrong? say. <laughs> it's, I, it was like, oh, they, not this guy again. All right. Well, they, Chop my head off, to, Jason. <laughs> they were trying to keep the mood kind of light. I, shockingly enough, like it was meant to be kind of a comedy. Like there's one point where the crazy old caretaker finds that the grave has been dug up and he literally almost turns to the camera and says, some people got a crazy idea about entertainment. Oh yeah. Like, like this whole movie. And first of all, who paid for Jason's grave? Why wasn't he in a potter's grave? Why wasn't he cremated? Someone paid That's for that headstone. Because when you die without heirs, you don't get a headstone. They just dump you somewhere. You sit We're in a shoebox until some asshole picks you up. Wasn't this is it? true. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. There's oh, a, I have a crazy quote from uh, old w- Willie the Gravedigger. Hang on, but now I can't Go ahead. my glasses. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, it was all kinds of uh, ridiculous little quotes. Let's see here. Well, there was the scene where Tony Goldwyn from Scandal is uh, driving through the forest in his Volkswagen bug with Who's the, uh, Tony like, the other counselor. That was the dude from Wings? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Goldwyn's on Scandal, but he was also in Ghost. Did you ever see Ghost? Yeah, but like once a hundred years ago. If you saw him, you'd recognize him anyway. He's on a very popular uh, TV show today. Anyway, he basically said like Jason's standing in his way so they can't get around him and they can't reverse, I guess. Um, And Tony Goldman's female companion says something along the lines of, I've seen enough horror movies to know that if somebody is uh, stalking you in the forest wearing a mask, it can't be too good. Yeah, yeah, I have that quote written down. Sweet cheese. So what did old Wilbur say? No, I don't remember. Apparently I didn't write it. What does he think? I'm a fart head? Yes. (laughs) I mean, this is is the high level humor that's going on over here. Right. Well, it's, it's that thing where it's like they're trying to keep the tone relatively light. So they have these kind of obviously self-referential moments to have these bizarre like comments in fact there's no nudity in this movie at all um there is like the violence really isn't that violent like you don't see a whole hell of a lot right um and it's actually the shortest jason movie it's only 88 minutes thank god and even with that i fell asleep twice in the last 20 minutes that's Uh, i was like Oh, is this still going on? <laughs> That's a bad attitude to have. What's your problem? I literally am looking at my notes. I literally wrote humor question mark. <laughs> That's a big question mark. No question. Um, oh, sweet Lord. At one point, when all the campers are like snug in their bed, they kind of pan. They're all asleep. Here's a little kid with like the picture of mommy. 
There's a little kid who started writing a letter home. First day camp. All was those so kids fun. would have been bullied and, and like left to die in the forest, and they would have become little Jasons. One of the kids they was would have reading been eaten a- alive back in the seventies, friend. Eaten alive for being pussies. For what? For for writing a letter home? Yes, for showing any kind of emotion. That's oh, how we did things Jesus. back at back at Cap Nawakwa. Back in the good old days. <laughs> back, back in the good old days of when everyone was a serial killer. Go ahead. <laughs> so the, there was a kid who was reading No Exit by Jean Paul Sartre. Oh yeah, that was so stupid. I was like, oh. hilarious. <laughs> this is not comedy. <laughs> Actually, I'm watching The White Lotus on HBO, barely watching it because it's barely entertaining. And there's two teenage girls that are always like sitting by the pool reading Sartre. And and then the next day they're reading something other ridiculous thing. People love White Lotus. Becky and I didn't get through the first episode. We just found it it, it, like not funny enough. It was just kind of weird. And not weird enough. Weird. Not weird enough. It was like. Not funny enough. I'm like, hmm. Well, you know what it is? It's kind of like if you choose to go like absurdist comedy, you're really it's hit or miss because sometimes absurdist comedy is just boring. You know what I mean? It's just so bizarre that you're just kind of like sitting there going, you know, I'm going to look at my phone. Well, it goes on and on about because this is like the four seasons in Maui. So it goes on and on about how, how strange the guests are, but they're really not strange. They're not strange. Uh, the right. staff isn't that strange. The guests are not that strange. It's like whatever. It's it's you know, whatever. Rich people, kind of wow, they're crazy. They're they have their laptop back to the out movie. by the pool. Woo! They are strange, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, there's a scene. So the sheriff of the town, uh, his daughter is one of the camp counselors. Okay. There's a and they are kind of butting heads because for some reason the daughter Megan has like a weird attraction to Tommy, who's literally in a jail cell and is on a weekend pass from the psycho ward. Of course, it's very strange. You and don't point, understand me, Daddy. But it's not even played. It's like it's played for laughs. At one point, uh, he literally says, "If your mother were still alive, dot dot dot," and she just kind of chuckles. Really. If your mother was still, that's a joke. That's a punchline. Who gives their insane daughter a Camaro? Oh, I, I, I knew people with Camaros back in the day. It's, it's a whole weird. People with Camaros were weirdos then, weirdos now. But is it like I'm getting back at my controlling sheriff father by trying to shack up with the escape metal patient? Is that the, I, I is that the move? It doesn't even seem like they have a bad relationship. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't. She's not like, all. F- you, dad, slamming doors the way one does. <laughs> the way one does. Well, and at one point, the deputy, they do this elaborate plan to free Tommy from the jail cell, which includes her taking the gun from the deputy and threatening to kill him. She points the gun at the deputy like, let him out or I'll, I'll murder you. Yeah. And he does it. He so he believes her? No, so he believes Damn. that the sheriff's daughter would have killed him. Right. I mean, whatever. So maybe she should be in the cell. What is happening? It's like Opie going rogue and, and locking up Barney. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I would have paid but it's to all, see it's, that. <laughs> so but all this stuff is kind of played for laughs. 
I guess. I mean, there's like a car chase where she shoves the guy's face at her crotch. Oh my God, 20 minutes of looking at her camel toe. That that was weird. <laughs> that was supposed to be a, the comedy. It's a comedy of errors. This whole movie is an error. <laughs> Kevin, well, you and was... I could have cooked up some better shit than this. And it was like his face kept like literally ramming into her zotch. Like, what was she doing? What was happening? She knew what she was Good doing. Good Lord. I get, that was the idea that she was doing this on purpose. That's where all the like, pheromones come in. It, it's one of these, they want to be, a, she wants to be like a spree killer. Wasn't there one of those things where you think it's the guy, but it's really the girl? That's how she spreads That's the pheromones. That's usually how it is. Behind every great killer, there's a female who's also a killer. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know what the story is. Who's to say? Um, well, that went into a left turn. It did. There's also, I've noticed that the cops are very quick to draw their guns and point them at people. When Tommy first appears in the jail, uh, in the uh, police station, he barges in like, help, I need help. Their first reaction is literally to all draw their guns on him. It's like, where is this police station? That you're so afraid anytime somebody enters the police station, you're gonna be like, I, got, I may have to no, just shoot No, they think you. it's him. They think he's the killer. That's why they drew all the guns. This is before they even knew anything, because he came running in to say, Jason's back. Before he even said anything, they had drawn their guns. Oh. Yeah. Now, later in the movie, um, all the cops, all four of them, or three of them, actually, the deputy, they they inadvertently saved his life by locking him in the jail cell. So the deputy is fine. But uh, the sheriff and two other officers that are somehow here in jail cell. They should. I mean, if Jason cannot get in to get you, then he cannot get out. Well, and that's a whole nother issue we're going to talk about. Basically, Tommy's like, damn, I resurrected Jason from the grave. So now I am responsible for all his murders. You're responsible for all these murders. Reckless indifference. You released a mythical creature uh, loose on the earth. Or creature. Can you see my finger? I'm giving you the magic finger. Uh, So (laughs) reckless. This is no different than than getting your liquor on and going for uh, a a race in your car. And then, oh, I ran over like kids at the crosswalk. He, Tommy needs to go to jail. He released an unholy creature on an unsuspecting Dukes of Hazard town. And now Jason is totally indestructible. But the Again. good thing is Tommy goes, goes, to the li- goes to the library to pick up some books on how to deal with supernatural creatures. And one of the books he gets is a manual of occultism. So that's good that they have manuals of occult, of occultism, of just in case did. you want the minutia. Of, did you not see Evil Dead? Of course there's a, a big book to tell you what to do. It's called The Necronomicon, Kevin. Come on, man. Exactly. You ain't no novice. No question. <laughs> That's true. So he's like, what I have to do is return Jason to his final resting place, which is now back in Crystal Lake. Yeah, he's had so I'm gonna tie a chain around and, final yeah. resting places. No question. No question. Why, so, why wouldn't his final I, resting place be his open grave? He was resting there. Put him back in the hole. Back in the hole. Who's to say? This that's, is that, That's cool hand, Luke. 
Oh, what we have here is a failure to communicate. What we have here, Jason, uh, is a failure to communicate. Well, he is not good at expressing his feelings. He, and, this is sad. And true. why is he obsessed with Tommy? What does he really? Why does he even care? Apparently, he's just like a mindless shark who just eats everything he comes across. Right. So, well, they abandoned the whole like revenge thing after the second movie. Well, they brought it, it back just... in number six. Hey, you asshole! I'm right here. Come and get me. Don't eat the children. Come here. D- <laughs> don't eat the children. That is true. Whatever. Well, that because because Tommy killed him in uh, number four. He hit him in the head with the machete and chopped, basically bisected his skull. So we're saying that, so, that Jason has uh, motives, feelings, thoughts. Well, he's, yes, he's more than happy to kill any rando he bumps into in the forest. But if Tommy's like, I'm the one you want, then he'll release Megan from his clutches. Because he was all set to pop her skull like a grape. He was going to kill Tommy anyway. What what difference does that make? Why why wouldn't he just go kill them all in three seconds and then just then go get Tommy? He's unstoppable. I, priorities. He priorities. is unstoppable. Biz. Unless you're Tommy. One of the Jarvis, girls. That's ridiculous. One one of the the victims. Jason attacks her off camera, and the sheriff busts into that cabin to, looking for for survivors. And it's literally like, there's no body, but there's just blood on every surface. Did she explode or what happened exactly? Did he squeeze her like a tube of toothpaste? Pow! Like every window, every surface covered. Very upset. Maybe he used the ninja blender or something. Because there was that one chick, they they finally have integrated the South, apparently, and they actually had an African-American... Uh, uh, sissy? Sissy. Okay, that's so such a racist name. Why is the black chick named Sissy? <laughs> Come on. And he basically true. just unscrews her head like a, to- a tube of toothpaste. So, And quite frankly, that seemed the pa- most painless way to go in the world of Jason. What? I appreciate Sissy's uh, overtly 80s wardrobe because she was wearing sweats with suspenders as people did back in 1986. That's right. With a crop top barely covering your boobuses. As one did. (laughs) As one did. (laughs) Um, At one point, Jason kills uh, one of the police officers with seemingly a throwing dart. I mean, what is (laughs) what is he, a ninja? He's a what is ninja. happening? It's like the dream warrior where like you're in a dream. So whatever you can imagine can then appear in your hand. Next, it'll be yes. like lawn darts. He'll be like firing them off. Hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> is that the sound a lawn dart makes? This is very upsetting See, to this me. is it. You and I, I'm telling you, can make a better Jason movie. Jason 24 and we'll come up. It'll just be random shit. Not just pulling people or popping them like you put them in a microwave. It's going to be some good Jason business. Some good Jason business. Um, and Jason like will speak. There was... Jason will speak. How? What will he say? He's just been in a bad mood since his mom died. <laughs> <laughs> no one understands him. Didn't they do that in American Horror Story? Because they did like a Camp Crystal Lake American Horror Story. And the guy who was the killer ended up not being the killer. They had a guy who was a Jason. 
Oh really? Yes. Uh, do you know? Like are you not? Crazy... Do you hate Ryan? I don't watch American. Do you hate Story. Ryan Murphy? Yes, I do. Oh my god. I don't know if we can do this. Okay, folks, this may- Are you watching Glee as well? Is this maybe the last uh, podcast? The first season of Glee was amazing, and then it got preachy like queer as folk. It was ridiculous. Very upsetting. Ooh, I hate, I hate um, it when you take your platform and want to make political statements. I just want you to, to be... The first season of Glee was very wacky and avant-garde, and then it just got preachy and boring. Ooh. But every I find other... that I like political statements. Oh, oh like the very special Roseanne, where, where she had <laughs> then announced that her father molested her and all that stuff. Those were always the worst episodes. Tell the truth. That, those are always my if favorite. There was a tr- I always love the very special. <laughs> if there was a trigger warning, you knew you were in for an unfunny shit show. No, I loved it back in Different Strokes when I think it was Dudley... And Arnold were almost molested by the bicycle shop Aye, owner. Come on. That wasn't any fun. You don't want to watch that in syndication. Can I you have some escapism? For God's sake. No can do. I don't no. want to hear that Jason was molested by a camp counselor and that's why he's just cranky. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's a, it's a me too it's, a, sort of it's jason with a me too so i <gasps> see it's writing itself brother it is writing itself it's so timely jason 25 did you, did you <laughs> notice in the movie there was a bizarro kind of wildly unerotic sex scene in the back of a winnebago Oh yeah. Where it was literally like, are they having sex? What is happening exactly? It was like staged by someone who's never seen sex or been involved with it. (laughs) Or even heard that such a thing exists. (laughs) It was it was crazy. And it was the girl from Can't Buy Me Love. Did you ever see Can't Buy Me Love? That sounds terrible. No, it's a classic. It's classic. So you gotta check that out. (laughs) So and then her, her Jason grabs her. And it's like murdering her in the, the toilet of the, of the, the, RV, the mobile home yeah. or whatever. And then the fake David Naughton <laughs> is, is her boyfriend. Right. And then he's promptly murdered as well, as, as they do. And then so, like the RV times. leaps into space. I love this. You go off the road in all these horror movies and immediately the, the car flies through the air doing like corkscrew spins and then crashes yes. down. Jason is always unperturbed and hops out like a gymnast, like Nadia Comaneci. Boo! Ten points. Well, I always appreciate that they're just ramps set up on the side of the road. You know, it just seemed, seemed like that would be unsafe. You know what I mean? But who's to say? Who's to say? Do you have any other highlights you want to talk about? There are no highlights in this movie. There are no highlights. Do you think American Express, when they killed the random strangers that were getting engaged, there was a literally a shot, a scene where she's trying to pay off uh, Jason with cash and an American yes. Express card. Then there's a long, lingering shot of her American Express card kind of floating in mud water. Do you think American Express paid for product placement? Absolutely. And. Don't leave home without it. Don't leave home without Jason. Without Jason, for goodness sake. Uh, The only, Uh, another bizarre spot is when Jason, their plan is they're going to put a chain around Jason's neck and tie it to a rock 
and just sink him in old Camp Crystal Lake. But then at one right. point, she gets the motor of the boat, and they're gonna. De- she's gonna. Or he. Tommy's gonna decapitate Jason, but the head is really the only thing holding him to the chain. So that seemed like a really bad idea. Well, Tommy like succeeded in getting the chain around Jason's neck and Jason sunk down. I mean, clearly it's only like nine feet of water, which is a problem. It's it's like six feet of water. Jason's clearly squatting on the rock because Jason can, all he had to do is barely raise his arm and is just plucking teenagers from the surface of the water. Right. So Tommy is basically incapacitated. I mean, he's incapacitated as long as you don't, swim near his his the circle of death near him so tommy's plan was just put a sign don't swim here because don't swim here that's correct time immemorial jason will be just parked there waiting for someone to swim by so he can reach up and grab you this is true so she swims out to rescue tommy who's just kind of floating there and that's when jason grabs her and to defend and herself, she can like, see the sun. He's like inches from the water. So if you just swim on oh, top yes. of him, yes, he will in fact grab you. So he, she starts the propeller on the boat that's out there, and is able. And again, the propeller on a boat does not go eight feet, but beneath the surface, it's like two feet below. I'm the surface, not even sure what, what she was cutting because his head's intact. He looked perfectly fine. At the end of the movie, but literally right. chunks of meat were were bubbling up. I mean, I thought he was a zombie. Why is yes. he bleeding? You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird. A zombie goo is a is a technical term, perhaps. No, yeah, I'm not sure. But there was there were chunks of meat floating up near the end. There was. There and was. so then he, you know what's interesting? he took a little nap and then woke back up. That is correct. As he as, does. As what, he needs a little he rest. A, a fresher upper. He, what's interesting is that there's a lake in Minnesota where somebody actually submerged a statue of Jason hanging from That's a chain. Fantastic. See, now so I if you, and it's deep. That. So if you go scuba diving, you'll see Jason down there floating around. I mean, so check it out. Google I it. love it. I have heard of other things, not necessarily horror related, but other things like submerged off the shores where you can go scuba dive and statues and strangeness. But yeah, but am I going to go do that? First of all, I'm afraid of lakes. Uh, I don't like touching the bottom of lakes. There's all that slime and seaweed that touches my foot. Plus, I have a phobia that I think I'm going to step on a dead body. And in this case, I'm going to step on Jason. So I'm not going. In this case, you would. And it's Minnesota. So when you're not stepping on dead Jason, the tornado is going to flick you away. So it's all double bad. It's a sad situation. Are you ready to? Are you ready to talk about behind the scenes? There was behind. First of all, when Horshack is your number one draw, is there a behind the scenes? Ah, oh, poor Horseshack. Oh, that was his first job in I 10 know, years. This is his first and final triumphant role. Um, if you're paying attention, the Jason that you see during the paintball scene 
is a different Jason than the entire rest of I the movie. I noticed that one of the Jasons had was wearing very fitted trousers and had a very nice butt. And then later, Jason, not so much. I'm not Basically saying what I'm happened. sexually attracted to Jason. These are just things. It kind of sounds these like are that. just things I've noticed. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Without passion or prejudice, right. this is these what are you're facts. noticing. Just the facts. Just the facts. Um, so originally, a crew member named Dan Bradley was going to be Jason. He's the one you see in the paintball scene. But after seeing the dailies, the producers and execs were like, oh, he's way too fat. Way too fat. So they fired him. And they're like, well, what are we going to do now? You need a they fit literally Jason, found a... You need a fit Jason. You couldn't tell what someone looked like by just seeing them. I guess not. You need a... So they went, they found a bouncer at a nearby club with no stunt person or acting experience. Although he had been a Marine in the 70s. So they just hired him. I mean, so for the rest of the movie, I'm not sure you need to act. You and I could both play Jason. It's a lot of walking forward, moving our hands up and turning our head. That's that. There you go. Boom. There's a script. All right, Jason, turn your head. Okay. Gotcha. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. This is the heart because you have to act using just your body. You can't use your voice. You can't use your face. You look like an effing mannequin. So it's the hardest acting. You look like a mannequin. A mannequin? A mannequin? (laughs) Are you a mannequin or a mannequin? A manatee. (laughs) That could be. This is not Harry Um, and the Hendersons where he needed to emote. This was literally could have been like a robot. Harry and the Hendersons. I like that (laughs) reference. Harry and the Hendersons. Harry had an animatronic face. Okay, that wasn't the actor's face. And yet it showed more emotion than the actual human Jason. Oh, I cried. John Lithgow made me cry in that movie. It was a, it was a very poignant picture. I couldn't picture. give a shit. So there you I go. could not. It, I was, it was so ridiculous, and every man loves that movie. <laughs> I have a story. I don't know if I want to well, share now it. Now you have to, because uh, you already started it. Uh, let me just say this. We had a TV recording of Harry and the Hendersons. Because uh, it's like, you know, back in the day, it's like anytime a movie would come on, we just record it, commercials and all, to watch it over and over again. And somebody in our family took that tape and recorded over it with some, let's say, adult program. <laughs> that would be our older brother, I'm guessing. I wasn't going <laughs> to name names. And, you know, so then, you know, 13 year old Kevin's like, oh, I want to watch Harry and the Hendersons. Pop it back in. It was Harry and the Hendersons, but in an entirely different way. My eyes! My eyes! <laughs> Very upsetting. But the best was, anyway. was there a line down the center, so you saw the, the porn cut in half, but out of order? If only. If only. Um, the director of the movie, Tom McLaughlin, uh basically stole a bunch of stuff from the thing. He's like, he still has uh, Jason's tombstone in his garage. He's got Jason's headstone in his front yard. Aren't they the headstone and there. the tombstone the same thing? Sorry. I mean, 
the casket is in his garage and the headstone is in his uh, front yard. So much so that like a, a city worker came to like check his meter or something and refused when he saw the tombstone. Very upset. Is he saving it for a rainy um, day or was this the, the cap, the cherry on his career or what? This is it. The, the, the shining cherry on top. Uh, his wife, the director's wife, actually plays the woman who drives the VW Bug with Tony Goldwyn riding shotgun when they're killed in the forest. The American Express lady. So, yes, the American Express lady. Um, years after the release of this film, Tom McLaughlin, the director, was approached to direct Scream. Ooh. And Kevin Williamson, the writer of Scream, told him that he was inspired to write Scream based upon... Uh, Friday the 13th part so 6. So what Jason happened? Lives. Why didn't he direct it? Because he sucked? Just didn't want to. Turned it down. It was either he turned it down or the studio was like, who the hell's Tom McLaughlin? We're going to hire Wes Craven. They prob- prob- it's one After of watching two. Jason 6, I think they made a wise decision. Love wow. Wes Craven or hate Wes Craven. He knows how to direct a film. Well, and what's interesting about uh, these Friday the 13th movies, the apex was around the final chapter in terms of like money coming in, like profit. It dipped a little bit with um, uh, part five, but still was reasonably successful. Although critically, like the, the fans didn't like it because it didn't really have Jason, but it still did pretty decently. Jason six actually did w- the worse. I, I find that of, hard to believe, Kevin. Is that correct? It was the first one. It was the first one that kind of, uh, you know, it made less than 20 million. It was the first movie that made less than 20 million. And then from there, it was all downhill. Like then, like then seven was even worse and eight was even worse. So much so they didn't make another one for like eight years. So good I mean, they, they seriously can't um, just find someone to write a script that makes sense. They can't. Kevin, this Skips is it. Union rules. This is it. We're gonna we're gonna Do write it. the new Jason. Well, I mean, you're gonna write it, but I'm gonna pu- provide lots of input, <laughs> and a, I will be. This is what you I do. Be, I'm more of the idea person. You sitting behind a keyboard I, for six I months. I will tell you Every what's wrong again, with I'll it. Drop a bomb yeah, on I will you. tell you what's wrong there with it go. and why you need to scrap it. But uh, yeah, but I will take equal credit because I'm the idea person. <laughs> that that must be it. Uh, the actress who, uh, Darcy DeMoss, who plays the, the woman with the sex scene, who seemingly appears out of nowhere. She's literally only in that scene in the back of the Winnebago. Um, she was approached by the director under pressure from the studio to get her to go topless. And she refused. And he felt guilty for even asking Good, her to do it. Because there's no there's no yes. reason for it. It's It's just, who's going to this movie? A bunch of high school kids. High school and college boys that's that's why they want to have boobs boobs very upsetting so (laughs) it says this was also the lowest earning film in the franchise although the fact two factors aren't very likely connected meaning the fact that there's no nudity maybe there's a connection maybe there's not who's Who's to say say? maybe because it's super shitty I mean, it doesn't even oh. have to be. It doesn't have to have nudity. 
It doesn't have to be super gore. I don't need to like have an entrail necklace or matching belt, but it should have like a fun story. I mean, horror movies are supposed to be fun. These kind of movies should be fun. It doesn't okay. have to be funny, but it should be not boring. Maybe that's why it lost money. <laughs> that could be it. The actor who played Tommy Jarvis in part five, John Shepard, became a born-again Christian after filming that movie and refused to reprise the role in part six. Oh, because he's so. got ethics or what was that? He's a born again Christian. Not not what Jesus would want. Very upsetting. Uh, So what's funny is whenever they'd have these auditions, and I think I've told you this before, for Friday the 13th movies, they wouldn't tell people that they're Friday the 13th movies. They would come up with a different title, just a random kind of innocuous title. So people go in there and read it. And what happened in part five is that people were cast and were really excited. And then, to their horror, discovered it was a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, no. Someone, like, oh, if someone came to me, I know all these th- thespians think they're going to do Shakespeare in New York, but someone right. said to me, Aaron, you want to be in Friday the 13th for three seconds? I'd be like, yes! Put me in! Sign me up! Yes. Hell yeah! As long as it's not one of these Whoop. fake horror movies that are just porn, uh... I would totally be down for it. Sign me up. I will appear in Friday the 13th, the quintuple ending chapter, uh, Predator versus the Cenobites, Alien versus Superman, whatever. Sign me up. I'll make a cameo. We have to talk about how you think that there's this devious plot for half people audition for actual movies and then trick them, be like, actually, you signed up to be in a porn. So we didn't mention that earlier. Is, <laughs> you signed on the God is of Life. There's a dark slide in the B movies where you it starts off like it could go either way, and then that's not so successful. So then you're doing straight B movies. And then you're kind of doing this directive video, except now there's a lot more nudity. And then it does slide. It becomes more nudity and less fright. So you're all the way at the edge and all you had to do is take one more step and then you're just doing porn. It's a slide. Interesting. I think this this is only with actresses. You don't see a lot of dingle dangles. It's not Game of Thrones and horror movies. There's not a lot of dangling bits. It's it's just female nudity. Right. Um, there's an actress in this movie who later went to another audition and halfway through the audition, she said, is this a Friday the 13th movie? Cause I've already been in one. And they're like, uh, 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 it was true. She was unwittingly auditioning for Friday the 13th part seven. So needless to say, she did not get Should've the Shut your mouth, sweetie. So. You could have been a scream. Hey, better to be a scream queen than a, not a scream queen at all. A the, waitress? The, the waitresses <laughs> are practicing politics. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? That's your goal. Good Do time. it. At least you can work in your, your field, you know? Shall we talk about the cast? Shall we? Is there a cast there, to talk about besides there, Horshack? He died, though, isn't he? There, not from this, though. Isn't Horshack dead? <laughs> well... Uh, 
Well, I could look it up for God's sake. In the name Where of all you? that is holy. Poor old Horshack. At this, I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine. Just living life. Let me see here. Horshack. His real name it's is Ron not Horshack, Palillo by the way. or something. Yes, Ron Palillo. And I will tell you that Ron Palillo, who played Tommy's friend Alan Hawes. What a name. Oh, he died in 2012. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Very sad. Well, that was nine years ago. Basically, Sorry. unless you saw Saturday Night Fever at the theater, you don't know who this dude is. Was he in Saturday no, Night Fever? No, but it all came out around the same time because John Travolta was in Welcome Back, Cotter. So I associate... What is that? Out to... <laughs> Just because they both had John Travolta no, but doesn't it, mean it like all people came out around the, the same act. time. So if you're old enough to have seen Saturday Night Fever at the theater... You wouldn't know. I see. You wouldn't know who okay. this is. So basically, you, me, and like maybe our parents. Um, Tommy this time was played by the actor Tom Matthews, who listeners to this of this podcast may remember as Freddie from Return of the Living Dead. You say Freddie got fingered? <laughs> no. Why would you think that? What's your problem? <laughs> Do you remember? He was like the one of the main characters in Return of the Living Dead, which we just that did was on pretty good. So this is go. not as good as Return of the Living Dead. It is not. Um, we talked about Ron Palillo or Horshack from. Um, I'm going to buy Potter. a cat. Darcy I'm going to buy a cat. I'm going to name it Horshack so the name lives on. Very nice. Uh, Darcy DeMoss, we said that she was from Can't Buy Me Love. She played Nikki, the girl in the uh, Winnebago. Um, Tony Goldwyn played Darren, the, like the head counselor who never even makes it to camp. He's murdered on the way. Um, he's the president on that show Scandal with Kerry Washington. That's out today. Oh! Uh, Who do I, who do I? He was also the bad guy. Who do I think he is? I always confuse him no with idea. like one of the guys from Wings, which was a terrible show, by the way. Stephen Baldwin? No. Not Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber. Too. I know who you're talking about now. Not, Not the, the same, same person. person. But they could be like related. Uh, they could be, for goodness sake. There was a small role, the kind of wacky paintball guy. Uh, who gets murdered by Jason. The tone of this movie is so bizarre because the whole paintball scene is meant to be kind of wacky and kind of physical comedy. And then it ends with a guy literally running and screaming for his life. Help me, somebody help me. We're just like, Good I'm getting whiplash from whatever emotion I'm supposed to It was to like Ned Beatty in, in Deliverance. It was terrifying. <laughs> anyway, the character of Roy... Uh, who's chased by Jason, and later you find his like limbs in the woods, uh, was played by Whitney Rideback. And when I was a kid, there was a kid's TV show called Whitney and the Robot. And this is the same actor from that. You may oh not God, remember. I this was on for one season. never heard of that. Now, I just watched Suicide Check Squad. And so seeing the limbs looked like that stupid superhero that detaches himself. Did you watch the new Suicide Yes. What did you think of the new uh, Suicide Squad? It's the only squad? one I've ever seen, so it seemed fine. Well, well it was fine. People, look, I, I, I am the, the audience for these and movies. And I love Margot Robbie. 
She's great. Idris Elba Idris was Elba great. I even like John Cena. And John Cena is very attractive. I mean, it was all fine. <laughs> I'm not judging their attractiveness. I think they're they were fun in the show. But I thought I thought it was just kind of okay overall. I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was like the second coming. What I or liked about it is so often in these ridiculous I, I don't like superhero movies. And and just like the Fast, the Furious, all this stuff. There's never a story. It's just long, long sequences of fighting or driving or blah, 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 which I have no interest in. So I appreciate the fact there wasn't a lot of that. And then fighting the giant starfish. Yeah, that reminded me of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Yep. That was kind of... But that's these are real complex characters. What? The giant starfish, Starro the Conqueror, was a, is a real comic book yeah. character. I, I watched this villain. with my son who had to explain how all of this is a thing from a thing and how the starfish is a real monster from Isn't that weird? something. What I don't Who's understand is that uh, Margot Robbie can pierce the eye of the starfish with a javelin, but bullets don't go through. That's a good question. I'm not sure how it works. Uh, I did like I'm the not, rat. I didn't write I, I did it. like the Rat Girl, and I mean it's all so yep. very familiar. They they it's basically it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, but they just flip around different weird characters. The, the what's well, the same writer yeah, and director? The Shark Boy, Lava Girl, whatever. The shark. I'm not even. <laughs> That's something entirely different. I'm not different. even sure how I feel about the shark. The shark could be the Hulk because at one point you see little tiny shark trying to eat the starfish. It reminded me of, you know, little tiny Hulk trying to defeat other little. It's it's the same. They just swap out weird looking creature, the weasel instead of the raccoon or whatever. But it was, I mean, it was right. fine. I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is much yeah, better. I mean, but now all everybody's Guardian of the Galaxy. Guardian of the Galaxy was great because it was fresh. Deadpool was fresh. And now they all do that. So it's not fresh anymore. This is how, this they, do is how they do let's it. Talk about, let's talk about the ratings. Are you ready? Okay. This movie currently has a 48% rotten. That's, that seems rotten fair. Tomatoes. You know, often I disagree with Rotten Tomatoes. This time, spot on. What did Roger Ebert say about uh, Jason 6? What did the New York Times say? <laughs> Let's see. Top critics? Well, top, what's funny is the audience only gave it 52% you know, like, rotten. Like so barely, barely better. In other words, it's still an F. Okay, Gene okay. Siskel gave it 0. 0.5 out of oh, 4. Oh, half a point. The mur- for, for just showing the up. The Jason is back. It is, is back in the latest chapter of the most offensive series in film history. Unless Burt Reynolds makes three more Smokey and the Bandit pictures real oh, quick. Oh, good old Siskel. Taking a shot at Burt Reynolds while he's at it. That might have improved. If you had a little late in life, surly Burt Reynolds in this, it could have done wonders. I would love it. I could always do kind of, you know, 79 era Burt Reynolds. No, Boogie Nights, Burt Reynolds, where you you do a great job in a film and then piss all over it afterwards. That's the the Burt Reynolds (laughs) we like to see. Just insult everyone and burn all your bridges. Go for it, dude. 
Well, what's hilarious about that one is it's like he filmed the movie, did a good job in it, but then got gun shy. So started talking trash about it. And then when it got nominated for a bunch of stuff, then he was like, uh, I mean, I love it. Great. Just shut your mouth, dude. (laughs) But no, very upsetting. So love it. No, he was amazing in it. So it's ridiculous. People can't hold their mouth, you know? Hold their mouth. What is your rating on this movie? All right. So I'm going to give this just out of the boredom factor. I'm going to give it one John Cena at a a golden helmet out of five. (laughs) Oh, no. It's boring. It's boring. No, no, no. No, it's no, such no, it's no, no. so this low energy. It's it's just kind of like uh no. These, these actors, you've, you've these lost actors your damn mind. Phone in this business, and it was like, hey, we have a long weekend. You want to shoot a movie? Okay. You got any friends? We need. You've you got children? Damn. I need some counselors <laughs> at the camp. We've got a long weekend. <laughs> this is very Let's upsetting make a to movie. me. Um. There you go. I, I picked I picked three out of five heads popping three like grapes. Because he three out of five. I think it's good, fun, entertainment. Uh, honestly, we it, need to have a blog where we post all our reviews. So I could go back, because there's plenty of movies I've given a three to that are so much better than this. I have a feeling that Kevin personally, this is my my theory, gives everything no, nothing gets less than a three. What's the last thing you gave um, no, us? That's, that's why we need to post it. Well, uh, you know what? Why don't you go back and listen to all the old episodes and you can start your blog. Maybe oh, I Jesus. will. I, I think it'd be good for people to look Please up, do. you know, top critics say. Yeah. <laughs> one well, John yes, Cena, the, the audience has been clamoring for John it. Cena or three what? What were you called it? Three Jason eyeballs. What? No, three heads popping like grapes. There you go. I Very upsetting. Music Anywho, on my side. Uh, are your children like calling you? No, there's a uh, lawnmower in the distance. Just, I'm hearing a like calliope the, or something in the. Maybe I'm having a Tommy Jarvis hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first be time. Different. So there you have it. Thank you very much. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast T W die. Aaron, we're on Instagram. We are on Instagram. We are the underscore podcast underscore that underscore wouldn't with no accent between the N and the T underscore accent. You mean apostrophe? Or accent mark. Accent groff if you took French. Underscore die. That's us. And and if you want to email us, we are also the podcast. And we're at the podcast. Die. No dots. One word. Uh on uh, the Gmail. At Gmail. At Gmail. So good times. We are you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on uh, Spotify, anywhere. I Pandora, absolutely. Are we I on Heart SoundCloud? Radio. I Heart Music is not a thing. We're, we're not on SoundCloud, though. We're on most <laughs> things, if, if we want to be honest. 
Um, so make sure this is very important that you like, share, subscribe, and review. Five-star Five star reviews review. only, ladies now, and gentlemen. Now, Kevin, I just had a great idea. You know, we're recording this via, oh, there's a video of this. What do you think about starting to post these stupid videos of, of our podcast on YouTube? I, I think that's a horrendous <laughs> idea. Because of all the this stuff you'll have to cut out. If we're posting videos, you can post the videos. I'll leave that to you. That's too much. I'm trying to. I'm all you do is just show up the day of. I had to watch the movie Damn yesterday. Damn you. Well, that's something. Here, I'm oh, trying to get us famous by writing the latest Jason. Jason versus the Cinnabites. Yeah, I appreciate so there you that. Go. This uh, next week. We're going to be doing Anaconda. My Anaconda don't want none. Unless you got (laughs) buns on. Um, You can watch, and I will tell you exactly where you can watch Anaconda for free. Or I'm sure you could could go on Amazon and pay $3.99 or whatever if you're so inclined. But if you're not inclined to do that. Oh, what am I saying? Prime Video. It's free. Anaconda. Good, because I go. just paid so, four effing dollars on Prime to watch Jason Goes to Hell and Back or whatever. Jason 6. That's not a movie. I don't J- know Jason about. meets the so, young and the restless. <laughs> it's also no, it's also available on <laughs> yes, Victor Newman. Victor Newman versus uh, Jason. It's also available <laughs> on FUBU <laughs> and the Roku Fubu channel with ads. Is that is that st- a Fubo? Maybe, maybe? It's Fubo. I don't know. Who's for us by us? It's it's Damon John, <laughs> exactly. He, he helps out when he can. So thank you very much, and be well. Rate, subscribe, rate, subscribe. Don't get the Delta America.